0: You live in us that you might bring your kingdom into our mortal beings. And we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, that we are growing. In our health, just as this virus wants to grow, we are growing in your health. So we are overcoming whatever is out in this atmosphere. We thank you that we have the privilege of coming to you in faith, receiving what belongs to us, and that is health and wholeness. And we honor you and we love you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And praise God. Amen. So never stop receiving your healing. Amen. You Never stop receiving health, never stop expecting uh, to be sound in mind and body uh, in every single way. And, and so it's a good thing to always pursue health, healing, and wholeness uh, from the Word of God. Yeah, when I was uh, a, a new believer, I had come to the Lord because I had a nervous breakdown. And uh, when I was doing okay, you know how sometimes you can be feeling better and I was thinking, oh, I'll go to work and do this and do that. And I said, no, I want to be like I was before this happened to me. I wasn't on pills. I wasn't nervous. I wasn't afraid to drive. I wasn't all of those things. And so it was just in me to pursue it until I got everything that I needed from God. And that's the way life should be in God. We should pursue all enemies until they are a footstool. Amen. So sickness is an enemy. That has to be driven out of our lives. And, and so, you know, sometimes we, we, we spend too little time on the important things and too much time on the unimportant things. You know, like you, you can spend, we like to drop in on God and tell Him what we want and then go about our merry way. But that's really not covenant relationship. You got me? And God wants more than anything a covenant relationship with all humanity. I mean, everybody. And so if we only look at God as somebody to get us out of trouble or help us out, then we'll always wind up in trouble got me he expects us to learn how to walk in divine health because that is what he has prepared for us so it's like this i could keep going to god and get this and get that and then go on my merry way and run into trouble again or i could walk with jesus amen like enoch did and and then god is more visible and more tangible in your life than your natural man is That's what we want, really. We want, when you say you don't want to be sick anymore and you don't want bills and you don't want poverty and all of that, you really are saying you want to walk with God. Because where he is, there's no poverty. Where he is, there's no sickness. There's no death. There's no challenges whatsoever that you cannot overcome. And so to me, that's the important thing to understand that is the realm to live in is the realm of what god has in store for you and the realm of perfection receiving everything that he has for us you know in hebrews it says how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation so, we don't want to neglect anything that God has set aside for us. we want to receive everything that He has and and all it takes is relating to Him, talking to Him daily, you know in the Word, understanding uh how to get closer to Him, how to depend on him for everything, how to let him come into your life and begin to expand your understanding of who He is, not just so you can get stuff that you need, but you know what? I need a friend you got me i need somebody who who will just be there and and uh, not that i can misuse them or anything but just knowing that you are never alone makes all the difference in the world sometimes and and so it's just real important all the things that jesus is to us we need and so we need to cultivate that relationship with him where we trust him totally we know he's going to come and uh, help us in times of trouble he's our companion when we're feeling good he's the one we talk to when we something good happens we praise him that's your way of telling him about it amen it's like oh god thank you for that and so so you're, you're sharing the good news with the Lord first and foremost. He should be the first person that you share good news with. Amen. And so it's just good to think in, in expanded uh, ways about uh, your relationship with god because certainly we need everything that he is to us and he plans to be to us. so we're we're going to talk about the fact that our healing is not in the future amen. Uh, i did let um, uh, you guys know when you make out the labels that these are part twos of a lot of the teachings that we've done already. And so uh, your healing is not in the future. Amen. Your healing is now. It's presently in your life. And so we we need to talk about that a little bit and understand how we can make that decree based on the word of God. So in Genesis 1-3, uh, there was a decree from heaven. This was in the beginning, in the creation of the earth. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Amen. So it says in the beginning God created the heaven and earth and the earth was without form and void. Now uh, many people uh, believe that something happened between uh, verses 1 and 2 and that was Satan fell like lightning from heaven and he damaged the earth. So the earth was without form. Without form really means that there wasn't an organized order to it amen it was in a condition uh that that it was uh subject uh, it was not in the order that god desired let's put it that way and so when god sees things are out of order he sets about putting them in order and the first thing he brought forth was light amen so he says let there be light and there was light and god saw the light and it was good And he divided the light from the darkness. And so God begins then to set things in order with his word. And this is what we need to understand, that if we are symptoms in our body, we need to set our bodies in order with God's word. So if you want the symptoms removed, you have to go to God's word in order to get that that thing redone. Now, in the natural realm, you can get, Natural means may help you some, but they're not permanent because healing really is spiritual. It's not natural. It manifests in the natural, but it must manifest in the realm of the spirit first. And so that's why we attack uh, symptoms and illness with the word of God. And then your body can receive the benefit, the medicine of the word, and it can be set in divine order the way God created us to be. You see further on in the book of Genesis, God then begins to set all of the earth in order. Amen. Uh, He begins to, uh, allow certain, uh, divisions to come in the earth, uh, separating the, separating the heavens, uh, from the waters. It's interesting, it says darkness was on the face of the deep and God began to speak and, and the deep really meaning the waters. So it looks like there was almost nothing there but water. And God began to speak and it says he put a firmament between, in, between the water. So it looks like he put heaven and then the oceans underneath. Amen. Then he began to dot the sky, the dark sky with different uh, stars and, and constellations and stuff of that nature and so god begins to set things in divine order always that is his desire is for divine order and so when you think about uh, symptoms in your body what what would divine order look like in your body what would divine order look like? And begin to thank God for that and expect it. Begin to find scripture that tells you certain things uh, God expects. God has said certain things about the human body. He has said certain things about uh, our condition. And begin to confess those and meditate on them and speak them over your body. Target your body with the word of God. And and just begin to receive the healing First by the spirit and then it manifests in the natural. And see people, we get impatient sometimes because we're looking for the natural manifestation or we're looking for the natural evidence of, of our health. Amen? So really natural is, is really a different, natural and spiritual are two types of evidence of God's word performed in your life. Yeah? the the spiritual evidence is your faith that's what comes first so you meditate on the word and then it begins to quicken you and you begin to grab onto it and you begin to understand you know what i'm not sick i am healed and 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 you have to divorce your mind from taking it back because immediately when you say that your mind will say well what about see what i'm saying Something in the natural. But what you are doing is you're laying the groundwork first in the spirit where it begins to take hold first. When you got born again, there were many challenges to your salvation. In fact, we've all got people we know that we took the church. They prayed the prayer and haven't darkened the door of a church since then. Now, See we don't know if they really meant it we all we know is there's enough uh, there is not enough evidence of salvation to convict them even in a kangaroo court you understand what i'm saying so you must believe that if they confess christ there's something brewing in their spirit it just hadn't caught up with the natural quite yet now see, we can accept that about salvation, but we get hard on the healing thing, man. We just, you know, no convincing us of anything spiritual going on when we first begin to trust the Word, meditate on the Word, and focus on the Word where our, where our physical condition is concerned. And so we, we have to understand that the process of healing by faith and by the Word starts internal first it starts with your spirit amen so when god uh, uh created man in the garden he looked at us and called us good some places very good so we're still good amen we're still good we might have a little something here and a little something there hanging on but we're not that see you're not the sum of your afflictions you're not the sum of the things that are not right in your life. Amen. Just like some of you, uh, used to be a, a drug addict or, uh, you know, somebody couldn't stay away from liquor or something like that. Well, you're not that anymore. Amen. And you can accept that very readily because the desire's gone. You haven't done it in so long. So that's no longer your identity. Sickness should be the same way. You should no longer identify as somebody sick. You are the healed of the Lord. Amen. So so it depends on what you believe your identity. What you believe is a choice. What you put your faith in is a choice. You can choose to believe you're healed or you can choose to believe you're sick and then languish in the valley of what do I do to get healed. When you get tired of sitting in the valley of what do I do to get healed, then you'll start to say, well, maybe I am healed already. Maybe I should try believing like the Bible says. You got me? So eventually everybody comes to, a, I mean, if you stick with it, you know, some people don't like to be wrong. They want to argue with, well, what about this and what about that? What, what about it? Huh? If you don't know about something, why you asking about it? Huh? Why not believe what the word says? By his stripes, you're saved and healed. Same word for saved is the word for healed. So in other words, by his stripes, ain't nothing wrong with you. Amen. (laughs) You need to know that because healing is good and it's of God, it's eternal. We were created healed now. Yeah. So sickness is of the world. It's of this world system. The world system cannot overpower the kingdom because the kingdom came first. God knew everything the devil was going to do. He knew everything you were going to do. I was going to do everything. And he still set forth a plan to bring us back to himself and to cause us to live in harmony with him in wholeness, healing, and health. Amen. So the, the force, the powers of this world are not the strongest. You can tell that by some of the things you prayed for. You see you crossed them off the list because they, they're not in the hospital anymore. They're All their body parts are there and they're functioning normally. So we can cross them off the list. So if healing, if sickness were that powerful, it would never be removed by the Word of God. Amen. So if you can remove it with the Word of God, it must not be of God's kingdom. It's not a permanent commodity. Whatever is of the temporal, uh, temporal area is temporary. It is not permanent and it's removable. Amen. So we're learning how to remove what is not for our good, what bothers us, what causes us not to feel well, all of those things, we're learning to remove those things from our life. That's why the Bible tells you to study to show yourself approved unto God. Amen? We are to study the word. Don't grab a scripture and run with it and think you're going to go and, and take over the world with one verse of scripture. You know, meditate on that and make it work for you first. Amen. Whenever we go into the word, God is speaking to us about what we need, about what he's going to do, about our future, about our present, about everything that concerns us. Amen. So we need to know that the things of this world will always wear out because they're temporary. Amen. Now you can keep life in them for a long time with the word. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, you, you really can. When you start to speak life to things that aren't going well, you know, worst thing in the world you can do is have a grudge against something you own. You understand what I'm saying? It's like, that ain't right. You're too much problem for me. I don't like all that. No, you bless things. Cause your mouth will cause them to fall apart totally. You might just be having problems with it now, but once your mouth get to working on it, we can kill stuff with them, with them tongues. Huh? So we're learning to remove what bothers us and what is not for our good. Everything wears out. Shoes wear out. Clothes wear out. Except for Chuck. Chuck be wearing them clothes, man. She have her uniform for years. I look at Chuck and say, remember this? I said, come on, Chuck. Now that was, now when it was five years ago, I was with you, but girl, we rounding up over 20 now. You know, come on now. Let's run some new threads in here, but Chuck keeps her stuff and takes care of it amen i guess she she with the israelites you know they were 40 years of she the the shoes didn't wear out and the clothes grew on them amen so everything wears out though that's of this world appliances break down cars parts go bad on cars you know you, you'll need something to oil change you need brake shoes you need shoes on your feet you know having a car is almost like having another family member you know a little <laughs> A little child you got to take care of, amen. <clears throat> so everybody's physical body needs an overhaul at some time, just from living in this world, amen. So for all you people that want to figure out why Christians get sick, because you live in a sick world, amen. And you're subject to believe something stupid and and then have to get you know talk yourself out of it i mean it's just weakness in the world so but but we need to understand that the things that god provides happen first by the spirit and then there becomes natural evidence that that spirit is working that the spiritual truth is grabbing hold in whatever it is that we're praying for and praying about so healing is a spiritual occurrence it is not natural so what we need to do is divorce our faith from the natural realm. Natural means of, of uh, health may help some, but sickness will recur if something doesn't happen in the realm of the spirit. So all all natural, you know, when I say natural, I mean things that grow out of the earth or or man-made things, May help alleviate symptoms to a degree, but at some point the spiritual is going to have to take over or we will have a recurrence of the things that we are trying to eliminate. It'll help for a while. And so we need to understand that the spirit is the realm we need to contact when we want to have a permanent change in our health in our physical being, in our activity, in our, our the life of our, our uh, bodies, the life of our finances, the life of anything, we must get a spiritual uh, occurrence for it and a spiritual uh, help for it. Many times people put off dealing with these things spiritually because they're so afraid that whatever it is they need to do, they're not going to be able to do it. Now what sense would that make? For God to put you, uh, to, to save you and then tell you, I'm the Lord that healeth thee. And if you don't have, uh, health in your body, then he make it too hard for you to get it. See, if you say God is good, he's got to be good. Amen. So it may be different, but that doesn't mean it's hard. And if it is hard, what's that to you? Because Jesus is your helper anyway. You got me? He's always going to be there to help us. So so even if we have challenging things, and see, most of it is ignorance. Most people don't know how to get their health back. They really don't. We sit up in church. We talk about healing. We do all of this and read a lot of books and, you know, get on TV and watch all the great ones. We think great ones. But we don't know how to put all that together so that we can be healed. The only way you're going to get that is you're going to have to get that from God. You're going to have to ask him, God, how is this? How am I going to get rid of these symptoms? How am I going to? Your word says I'm healed, but I'm still fighting with this stuff. What do I need to do? Amen. It's called pleading your case. You don't need to guess at anything. You don't need to take somebody's steps and formulas either. I mean, it's good to understand how how the word works on the on the sick body, but it's best to get it from God for yourself. Amen. That's why I wrote that that book, uh, 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 Lawyer Up. you got to have an advocate to go to bat for you at the throne of grace so that you can have a plan and you can see yourself one day with those symptoms totally leaving your body. Amen? So, because healing is a spiritual occurrence, it's not natural. You have to divorce your attention from the natural. Amen? Attention is very powerful in the realm of the spirit, it's a very powerful thing as far as spiritual occurrences are concerned. What you, that's why Proverbs 4.20 tells us to attend to God's Word. Pay attention to God's Word. Pay attention. Give it your full attention. Incline your ear to His sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart because they are medicine and life. To all of your sick flesh. You got me? And so once you understand the prescription for health and you begin to follow it, you have to believe Proverbs 420. Some people sit up and confess the word a hundred million times and have cards, but they don't believe that word is healing them every time they hear it. Got me. See, you can go through life, going through the motions of a lot of things without anything invested in it in your heart and in your believing. You sometimes you need to sit down and speak the word. He sent his word and healed me and delivered me. And father, I thank you that that scripture I just heard is healing is medicine. It's healing my body that scripture i just spoke is healing my body amen so sometimes you have to remind yourself why you even speak the word instead of just speaking it and thinking it's going to work for you you got to believe that every time you speak the word to yourself you're getting a dose of medicine you know how you can know if you you really believe that or not many times you'll go for a while Uh, in the word speaking the word saying the word halfway in the word out of the word bored with the word not doing the word undoing the word whatever, whatever whatever your routine is whatever your attitude is and one day you'll say to yourself this must i must not be doing this right something is wrong somewhere this is you know what's wrong you don't believe it's medicine you don't believe every time you speak the word over your body you are taking a dose of medicine So sometimes you need to stop confessing other scriptures and start confessing this thing right here. Just go back to the foundation and get that straightened out. You say, you know what, Lord, I've been running around here speaking and confessing and doing. And we do it because the carnal man wants to believe that he can get this his way. And see, we forget that God has given us the right way to get it but we're not as invested in that because the minute you look at yourself and think why am i not healed yet what's wrong with this i'm not there's something wrong with this i'm not doing this right or something like your carnal man has already taken over your spiritual business anytime you question why that's the flesh anytime you question when that's the flesh anytime you question what that's the flesh you got me when why what who what where when and how amen how's it gonna happen that's the flesh huh but true so you need to slap yourself out of your flesh and bring yourself right back into the realm of the spirit and say father forgive me by your stripes i am healed i am healed because you'll notice once you snap yourself out of that and you start to speak and declare that from your spirit there's a different atmosphere around you there's a a peace settles in on you let your flesh get nosy about god's business it's true I remember hearing Fred Price say, he said, once you begin to trust God and believe God for something, time has to be not a factor anymore. He said, you've got to put time out of the picture and accept the fact that it doesn't matter how long it takes. It doesn't matter what occurs in the meantime. You're here for the long haul. Amen. Amen because most of us if we got what we wanted uh, immediately we go off and do something with the devil huh well it's true get in the flesh and go get, you know get your stimulus check or whatever it is or... everybody you see all the the nice thing about that that's got to be god because ain't no bars open for you to do nothing stupid with I guess you can't even go to church, most people. So I don't know how you're going to celebrate, but everybody up in here getting tips in. And ain't no everybody. I bet people pay their bills with that because there's nothing else to do. Unless you get go get high off of stamp glue or something like that. They don't even have glue on stamps no more. But you know what I'm saying. I mean, this that's coming at the right time with the right everything to it, honey. Nothing but God. <laughs> that's what I say. Amen. Yep. So attention is extremely important. It really is. Like, there will be times where I'll be sitting reading the word, kind of breezing through it, and I have to slap myself and stop myself. I said, no, wait a minute. Go back. <laughs> Cause you know, I'm not in any, any kind of race to get, but you're, you get like that. You get this push in you that you, I gotta get so much done and get it over with. No, this is, I'm taking medicine right here. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is medicine and I need medicine right now. Amen. So, so we have to understand that attention will get the job done. Cause attention breeds faith. Huh? it does any man no every man knows that if he wants to win a woman over he got to show her attention which is true huh because they know women like attention huh i know i do i'll pull a gun on a brother (laughs) seriously (laughs) seriously (laughs) you won't you gonna regret you went there got me (laughs) you know they try to get cute sometimes try to ignore you a little bit and see if they can manipulate you into doing what they want honey i get so vacant (laughs) but you know when you're not interested you don't give attention so think about that with the word and your health see every time you skip meditating on the word skip getting it means you're not interested see you can go along for two weeks and do real good be real diligent and all of a sudden you skip a day you say i'm gonna make that up i'm gonna i'm, I'm, I'm not gonna i usually do it first thing in the morning but i'm gonna wait till later on you know because because i gotta go on facebook and see you know what i'm saying facebook is calling see we got all kinds of demonic distractions working around us with the israelites it was the 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 pagan nations that were their neighbors and they'd hear them partying and carrying on over there today god and they got interested huh and so with us it's the same thing there's always some things dedicated to the god of this world that that form a distraction for us from the things of God so you have to you have to be even more diligent in in putting putting the things of God first and being consistent see you're winning when you drop everything else to go read your word it, when you start reading the word and then you drop the word and go do something else you just Decrease your chances of getting your victory. You got me? Or put it off. You prolong it. Prolong whatever it is that's going on. And so you'll win if you give God first place. You give him your full attention. Don't have any other noise on when you go into your word. Shut the TV off. Even your spiritual music or your whatever kind of music. You know, shut it all down. And just... You know, listen to your your um your teeth rattle or whatever. Amen. <laughs> so the more attention you give something, the more your faith and confidence grow in it. You begin to accept it. That's why men will pursue women. Now if some of you women out there in pursuit on these men, stop it. Huh? you're supposed to be found by your husband amen if every time he looks up you're right there that's there's, there's something wrong there so. <laughs> unless you're married you know <laughs> married and then married people married people want to get away from each other all the time you understand what i'm saying It eh, works out whatever uh, but you know what i'm saying but But anything that you're interested in, you give it attention. It's the same thing with the word. The more attention you give it, the more your faith in it grows and you begin to accept it as a permanent part of your life. Amen. And that's true with everything, you know, relationships, people, you know, all of that. Uh, you you begin to accept and you begin to love and the love begins to grow etc etc and you can do the same thing with the word and with god your love for the word will grow the more you subject yourself to it and the more you understand that 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 word what that word is doing for you you've got to believe that if you stay in that word all your symptoms will leave your body amen When Jesus healed, he did it by his word. His word was spirit and life. Words are spiritual forces. God used his words to create the universe and everything in it. That's why he is called the possessor of heaven and earth. Because he possessed it with his words. Got me? And we possess with our words amen we possess god's blessing we possess his covenant we possess the benefits we possess with our words the earth is the lord's and everything in it because his words formed and upholds them the word of his power upholds the world the earth is his responsibility because of his words So anything that goes on down here is God's responsibility. That's why he says, I will bring it to pass. You can't bring it to pass. All you're doing when you speak God's word is you agree with him. That's what you're now. That's very powerful. The Bible says where two or more agree agree is touching anything. It'll be done for you by my father which is in heaven. Just think about it, when you partner with God and you speak his word. Amen. And so when you partner with God and speak his word, he brings his word to pass. The word is it will not return to him void. It won't come to him making a bunch of excuses. It won't come to him and say it couldn't accomplish. And so we must believe all of this about God's word. You got to believe it can't fail. It will come to pass. It will happen. Sometimes you need to talk to yourself and talk to your body and say, Body, I thank you that you are healed. It will happen. Amen. It will happen. And I thank you that it will happen. God, I'm speaking your word. I'm believing your word. And it will happen because you will bring it, bring it to pass. Mark 11.23 says we can have what we say if we don't doubt in our hearts. Where the enemy gets us is on the time factor and on the it's too hard factor or it takes too much or I can't be doing all this. I got other stuff to do. I just can't be in this Bible all the time. Yes, you can. You in something all the time. So God has to uphold the world with his word. Just think about it. You get to speak the same word that upholds the world. It upholds your body. It heals your body. Amen. If you say something, uh, say that you're going to do something, uh, your own words will remind you to do it. Amen. So, so when you talk about God's word, God reminds himself that he still has a work to do in our bodies. He reminds himself Every time we speak the word, God reminds himself. He says, yeah, I'm working on that. I'm clearing out sickness out of your body and I'm depositing health in there. Amen. He's working on it all of the time. There is no such thing as trying in God. We have his faith and his spirit. So there's no try involved here. It will happen. If you want to possess healing, Start with words. Start with scripture, because those are true words. Isaiah 53 4 reminds us that we he was wounded for us. Amen. Says, Who has believed our report? And to who is the arm of the Lord revealed? The arm of the Lord is the strength of God. Amen. Says he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. And as a root out of dry ground, he has no form or comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. In other words, everybody thought he had let them down. Despised and rejected, and we turned our backs to him because we said no he isn't who he said he was because everybody had a different idea about what the messiah was supposed to do how he was supposed to and nobody thought he was really going to die the way that he did but it says we esteemed him not but surely the reason he did it he took our griefs or pains carried our sorrows Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. God did that to him. huh? He's the only person God ever punished and ever will punish. He don't punish us when we're in covenant with him. Amen? You don't get punishment. That's off the table. But he was wounded for what? Yeah, he was punished for our transgressions. So when we transgress the law, We confess and we turn turn our backs on it and then we don't receive any wounding, any punishing anymore. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was on him and with his stripes we're healed. So really, God did a complete job. He's done with being mad at us because of sin. He's done with wanting to punish us. He took it all out on Jesus. And and he was pleased when he did it. Amen. He was pleased for our sake. Because that was the purpose that Jesus came into the world. Amen. Was to destroy the works of the devil. How do you destroy the works of the devil? By destroying the power of sin over humanity. We're not just talking about casting devils out of people. Laying hands on them and healing them. We're talking about totally annihilating the devil's works once and for all amen and so when when he destroyed the works of the devil he had to take on the punishment that was due us for serving the devil amen and so when he completed his work on the cross the father was at peace with the rest of the world that's why the shepherds announced when they now see birth of jesus peace on earth that means no more punishment for your sin. No more in the penalty box because you've been a bad girl after you promised to be a good girl. You got me? You can't promise beyond your ability anyway. Most of us don't know what good is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what it means to be good as far as God's standards are concerned. Because we try to do it. We screw it up every single time. Amen. Well, you think about, well, well you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. You're on the wrong road already. If you're going to do good, you're going to have to trust God with what good is. You're going to have to trust him that if you get up and obey him, that's good. Whether it worked out or whether it didn't work out. You got up and you obeyed God. You were led by the spirit of God. and You did what he told you to do with your time, with your talents, with your resources, with everything. And so it's a really different kind of life than this legalistic, don't do this, don't do that. And, and then sometimes we get so, so bad with it. I mean, usually this is when you're a newer Christian, but people, some people never grow out of this is watching other people to see when they do wrong. You know, this, this legalism has got to stop folks. You know, it's. I mean, we all, all our sins have been forgiven, or, or I hope so. And, and see, we live in a daily washing in the blood. Amen? A daily cleansing, uh, from iniquity and unrighteousness. You know, you get up and something hits you wrong and you think, well, it, it's been, uh, how long has it been since I had so and so and such and such? And God, how come I gotta wait so long? And why? Iniquity. So we all have to deal with it. And so it's enough to manage our own spiritual life, folks. We can't manage somebody else's spiritual life. It's just, it's impossible. And you'll wind up in more trouble watching somebody, judging somebody, trying to find out what their problem is, you know. You'll find yourself out of sorts with God, you know. So Jeremiah 30, 17, I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds. Amen. So we're looking for restoration of health, amen. And if you have wounds there he's gonna heal those too, amen, with the word. Amen. So Exodus fifteen twenty six says if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, do what's right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his rules. I'll put none of the diseases on you that I brought upon the Egyptians. I am the Lord that heals you. So, number one, God lets you know if you have disease in your body, he didn't put it there. You got me? And then he says, you're healed. Hmm. Now, do I have disease or am I healed? Which one do you want to be? huh the choice is yours didn't he say choose life so that you and your seed will live so we choose life lord i choose to believe that i am healed and the enemy is trying to get me to accept these symptoms as sickness he's trying to get me to accept a diagnosis he's trying to get me to accept that there's something wrong with me when your word says i am healed James says, if there's any sick among us, to call for the elders of the church. That means somebody who who is beyond their own ability to get themselves well with the word. So you can call for the elders of the church, and they'll pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith saves the sick. The Lord raises them up. And if you've committed sins, they are forgiven. Now, many of you, uh, some of you are familiar with the the sacrament of uh, extreme unction or the last rites of the Catholic Church, and I believe that's where that came from. It used to be that people would call for the elders of the church or call for the pastor or the shepherd or the apostle, and they would get upheeled, but I think People start doing it in unbelief and they got there and started putting oil on them and they died. So now it's been reserved for the dying and they don't even expect people to get healed when they anoint them with oil. See, the devil will hijack anything of the word and take it and pervert it so that it means some, because you got more carnal minded people than you got spiritual minded people. And so it's easy for a carnal-minded person to say, "Oh yeah, well, I'm getting ready to die. Call the priest so I can get my oil." Mm-hmm. I think it's because they, the devil, always hijacks something that God means for our health and for our wholeness. The devil will take it, and when unbelief gets a hold of it, all it was is a bunch of people got there in unbelief. And saw that those people, they didn't have the prayer of faith to raise those people up for God to raise them up and they, they would walk away and that person was dead and so they would come to the, the bed of the dying all the time and, and call it a sacrament. You got me? And so that scripture is for those, say for instance, if you're at home and you've been doing your word and, you know, you, your, your nose is runny and you, got a fever you can't seem to get better then you go when you go to church you ask for prayer you come to the altar and get prayer because it's it's beyond your ability again you say you know what i know if i get to church i can get this off of me you understand what i'm saying so we all have that in reserve to help us you get in the word when you when you're not feeling well at least you should And pretty soon you'll find out that you don't need that trip to the altar. You've you've gotten healed before you got to the church, amen? And so we we understand now that that God expects us to get our healing from the word. If we diligently hearken to God's voice, do what's right in his sight. Now suppose you mess up and you don't do what's right. People look at this scripture and say, man, that's a mouthful, that's a pretty tall order. Does that mean I can't never do nothing wrong? Does that mean I got to be sick because I did something wrong? I can't never mess up. (laughs) We start begging for permission, permission to sin. You know what I'm saying? Always looking for a loophole. No, that just means that you obey the word. Said so when you sin, you have what? You don't go to the gallows because you sin. You have an advocate with the Father. Lawyer up. Call your lawyer, lawyer up, and say, Jesus, i done done wrong. I there's no two ways about it. I see it plain as the nose on my face. I can't blame nobody. You know how we usually say, Well, yeah i was wrong but if they hadn't done so and so and such and such well in order for you not to run into any problems you'd have to be in a coma (laughs) because as long as you're alive in this world something's gonna happen to provoke you huh you know you be doing the best you can say lord because you know we we all know ourselves you know, we used to threaten, oh, they better not come up and say something to me today. I'm just, I'm fired up. I ain't taking, ain't taking no crap off them church people. I don't care. I don't care what you say, how wrong that is. They just wrong people. Taking no stuff off of them. No more. Get them straight. Huh? We be, we be loaded for bear. Huh? then as you mature and you understand yourself you say now lord help me not to get in that frame of mind because i know myself i know my tendency is to want to get even when somebody's done something wrong to me now who doesn't feel like that from time to time but if you will practice forgiving and practice walking in love and and not let the devil come and pick at you after you've done the right thing you ever done that you pass pass up an opportunity to tell somebody off and he said oh that yeah, they gonna think you weak now you can't just you can't just keep doing this they gonna run over you they gonna treat you like a doormat then you start you'll say, okay well next time i'm gonna get them i, I got something for them <laughs> And they get messed up again, <laughs> laying in wait for some poor unsuspecting person. Huh? Sometimes we be carried around. You know, it's like mm, you get 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 in your say something happens to your forties, then your fifties, your sixties. By the time you get in your seventies, you say, "Mmm, wait till we get in the home together. I'll be right down the hall from her. <laughs> Take my wheelchair and bump her." <laughs> Bumper all the way down the hall. <laughs> oh, that's why God says vengeance is mine. I'll repay. In other words, drop the knife. Put it down. I'll take care of this. Huh? You know, really, to be honest with you, vengeance is never satisfied. Because when you say, if you violated covenant with somebody, not just you, but your children and your grandchildren could could seek revenge on that person's family that broke covenant with you. So vengeance is never satisfied. Revenge is never satisfied. That's why God put a limit on the number of stripes you could give somebody when they violated the law. Huh? It was 40 minus one. You got 39 strikes, And God said, the reason I do that is so that you won't debase that pe- person and make them feel worse. See, there is a just punishment for everything. You got me? But there's a place where vengeance will go overboard and try to make that person feel bad forever. You got me? And that's humans do that to each other. We just ain't never got enough of nothing for some people you understand well you don't know what they did to me and you don't understand no but i understand what jesus did to get you out of the mess that you're in he took vengeance out of our hands we are not to seek revenge on people you got me amen you know people church people funny they got all kinds of slip shot i can show them better than i can tell them you know all that crazy stuff and you know all this anger and revenge that gets spoken out of people's hearts is that right Jesus died to get us out of that heart uh condition too and purify your heart so that love comes up when you think about people you know it just it, it that's what he died for is for us to put the weapons down don't be so concerned about people respecting you or not treat how you get treated he'll take care of you all you got to do is love and forgive people and jesus will take care of you you're not nobody thinks you're a doormat so don't let the devil tell you that you know what i'm saying just you know it, it's just not right to torment yourself that way you know you'll do the right thing with the right attitude and then later on you regret it he'll come to you and tell you yeah you can't just do that they just can't think you ain't gonna say nothing to them so silly and we we get beyond those things keep a pure heart you know he died to give us a pure heart too so that we can be at peace with ourselves when you do the right thing you should be happy with yourself and not let that little misgiving hang over. because the devil's going to come to you every time he can and and talk try to talk you down talk down to you about something you did right He'll bug you when you do things right. People don't believe that, but he does. Because he's always trying to push you to do something wrong. You know, you, you'll you promise yourself, vow to yourself, well, when I get paid, I'm going to bless somebody with so-and-so and so and so and Then you get that money and say, hmm, huh? And you done promise to give it all away just about in your mind and in your heart. Well, what would be wrong with... with You know, stand with what you promised yourself you're going to do. Just do it for a change and see what kind of good would happen to you. You know, or you'll you'll get confident enough to go do something, and then after you do it, the devil tell you, well, what'd you do that for? Well, they they don't appreciate that. That didn't help them none. Just look at them. They still do the same thing. (laughs) And, (laughs) you know, $5 ain't going to revolutionize nobody's life. You understand what I'm saying? (laughs) So we just have to watch ourselves. You know, that that carnal thinking that the the devil would get us to second guess our good works. Don't ever second guess your obedience to God. You get out and do something for God. You know, it it would happen to me sometimes I give people the word and they get mad at me and want to tell me off. I had to learn how to understand that some people don't like the word. You understand what I'm saying? I said, oh my, perish the thought. You know, I mean, seriously. So, you know, once you give God's word, it's out there. But the enemy will try to make what, well, see, you said that wrong. If you had said it nicer, how are you gonna say you going to hell nicer than you going to hell? There's no nice way to say some things, especially to some people. Best thing to do is just spit it out. We doing good just to really, really obey God, period. Because there's so much condemnation against Christians and persecution against us. Got me? We doing good to, to squeeze a word out. Amen. Exodus twenty-three, twenty-five and twenty-six. We serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and take sickness away from the midst of you. Amen because your food is blessed you are healed and you are whole and you won't get sick off of anything you eat you got me now there are a lot of people that have to kind of put this in operation i mean i think we all do if we'll if we'll meditate on this and understand the meaning of it, it's the same thing as Mark 16 that says if we eat any deadly thing, it won't hurt us. You got me. So you have immunity to disease, immunity to poison, immunity to bad food, immunity to all of that. Amen. When the 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 young prophets went out in the woods, thought they was getting some, <laughs> making a stew out of some roots somebody after they cooked it somebody tasted it and knew it was poison and so they they complained to the man of god and what did he do threw a handful of meal in there amen and took the poison out so what that means is that whatever is poison in your your food or anything like that is taken out by the word of prayer so the the man of god putting a meal in is the same thing as a word of prayer if it's taken with thanksgiving that's why it's good to when you put your little happy meal up there or whatever you got your little bag of fries you got it sitting in your lap or just pause for a minute okay because you don't know where them fries be <laughs> you know at the old-fashioned diners they would everything was cooked in front of you you got me, because really, there was so much disease, foodborne disease back in the day that that was a reassurance you never cooked something back there and brought it out. you know that was your reassurance they were reassured that 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 food was properly prepared because they watched you prepare it so deuteronomy seven fifteen none of the diseases that I brought upon the Egyptians are for my people. I am the Lord that heals you. So God says he does not put disease on you. Amen. A lot of times people will say, well, what's I said? The devil's trying to get you to accept it. See, he's trying to get you to accept it. So my preference is to start refusing it on the symptom level. Day one, just start refusing it. Nope, this is not for me. I am healed by his stripes. Uh, Devil, no. Take it back. I'm not receiving it. I am healed by his stripes. Psalm 91, 9 through 10. No plague will come near your dwelling. Amen. Now, dwelling can be your physical man. can be your household. Amen. Or it can be the city that you dwell in. What comes to your mind when you say dwelling, amen? And so that's what you can claim, and that's what you can trust God for and believe. No, you told me, God, no no sickness will come near my dwelling. So I'm not going to live in fear of this uh, plague that's going around now. Now, how many of us remember at the beginning of the year God told us we would be tested twice? But we would pass each test amen so god's instruction is you have passed the test already amen we're just waiting out the natural things that need to to come about so we can get back to normal living but we're not carriers we're not receivers that's not in our our kingdom at all sickness is not in our kingdom Psalm 107 19 through 21 he sent his word and healed them that's us his word healed and delivered us from our destructions what's causing your body not to be at full operating capacity it's it's trying to destroy you and so god is delivering us from our destructions you know, when you take, you know, you go get up in the morning, Father, I thank you for delivering me from destruction in my body. I thank you, Lord, for delivering me from the devil destroying me, from destroying my liver, destroying my brain, destroying my nerves, destroying my joints, whatever it is, that you are, are delivering me from that. Amen? And just say, and, and I know that, that at some point I will be delivered 100%. See yourself back to normal. See yourself the way you were before destruction started to attack you and just begin to repel it with God's word. You can send destruction back where it came from by receiving the word of healing from God. Just keep receiving the word of healing from God. Malachi chapter 4, I think I want to turn there and read that one. Verses starting one for behold the day cometh that shall burn as an oven and all around said malachi yeah Uh, the proud and all that do wickedly shall be stubble and the day that cometh uh, that cometh shall burn them up saith the lord of hosts that it shall leave them neither root nor branch but unto you that's y'all you ain't wicked you ain't now if you receive in that kind of warning you know and there's some christians out there that prophesy gloom and doom all the time on other christians i'm saying what about you you know i'm blood-bought now you mean to tell me i'm gonna get something that (laughs) you know what i'm saying that you ain't subject to but go check yourself but unto you that fear my name that's me Shall shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go forth and grow up as calves in a stall, and you shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Amen. So there is a distinction between the wicked and the righteous. The, The righteous are healed. The righteous have a covenant of healing and health with God. So whenever sickness arises in your body or symptoms hit your body, you have a right to refuse it in the authority of the name of Jesus. That's what we're doing. We're not accepting sickness. We're not accepting symptoms. We're not accepting, but we're accepting healing. We're receiving health. We're receiving wholeness. We receive deliverance. We receive soundness. We receive all of those things that pertain to the kingdom that we are citizens of. We are not citizens of this world. We're just visiting here. So when your visitor's pass is over, you go on to glory. But you can live in heaven on earth while you're down here. just need to call for it. Father, we call for heaven to come down to earth in our bodies today. We call for health, healing, and wholeness. We call for heaven to come down and manifest itself in our mortal bodies. Thank you that health and wholeness are from heaven. Sickness is from hell, and we refuse it. We're not slated for that, and we don't receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. And keep meditating on the fact that you're healed. Amen. You don't want to meditate on anything negative or anything that's not right or something's not right and all this ain't right. I'll tell you what's right. The word's right. Amen. And I received the word of God. Amen. Amen. So Matthew eight sixteen says, Himself took our infirmities. You hear people say, Jesus, he a healer. Quit repeat what them crazy old people say. Like there's more people around that can heal. You know, he himself took our infirmity. Anybody took our sicknesses but him. He is the healer. One and only healer. Amen. People who say loose things like that usually wind up going to the doctor for everything. He a healer. He, a healer. he was just repeating something some crazy old people said. You know, some church traditions are handed down from a time when people didn't have bibles to read. We got them now. You can read what the word really says. It says he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And he began to delegate that same authority to disciples, people who are studying and learning and under obedience to him. He's given that authority to us too. Amen. To take away sickness from the midst of people. You can intercede. You can lay hands on the sick and God will heal them. Amen. The Bible says that. And so Jesus himself took on his body sickness pain sin iniquity himself took it where'd he take it to none of your business why you asking i see people want to jump off into an intellectual discussion about did jesus really go to hell and did he did he die spiritually or did he die next all i know is by his stripes i am healed I, you need to know what the benefit of whatever he did, what benefit is it to you? You keep skirting around asking this and asking that, and debating this and debating that, you be debated yourself out of your healing. Himself took our sicknesses. Well, how come I'm sick? You ain't sick unless you claim it. You got to make a decision. Are you sick or are you healed? Well, if I'm healed, how come? God's word is the final authority. He says you're healed, end of discussion. Problem is, people like to discuss too much. You discuss yourself out of money, out of your mind, out of anything good. Just keep discussing. Huh? He says I'm Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning, I'm the living beginning, I'm the living end. Hey! That's my, that's my king. That's right. (laughs) Say, I was in the beginning, I am now, and ever shall be. Well that, that confuses me, but I think I like it. Huh? Huh? You wanna put out your LD bars then, huh? Right. <laughs> Ooh and I like it. Yeah. I know I do. Huh? Then he said, You choose what you want? Are you kidding me? I got a choice whether I'm be sick or whether I'm be healed. Wow, that's a toughie. <laughs> <laughs> i choose whether i'm blessed or cursed seriously i can choose oh my goodness i didn't think it was that easy it is that easy said so choose you this day choose life and you know and in case you confused about what to choose he tells you choose life because you sitting up here thinking too much about what you're gonna choose <laughs> Choose life. <laughs> Stop this nonsense. If you don't want to live, it'll make your kids live. That's why he says, so you and your seed will live. Some people are just nutty enough. Well, I don't want too much. Well, choose life so your kids will live. Amen. You won't be having no early funerals or nothing. Amen. So God's people are given uh, his authority. Through their words. We use God's authority through our words. You have to agree with God. You have to agree verbally with what He has said in His word about your situation. Amen. God gave us healing and forgiveness from the foundation of the world because He was slain so that we could have both. Amen. Healing will do you no good if you keep getting sick over and over and over again. Amen. So you get forgiveness so that you can be assured that sickness has no place in your body. You got me? As long as you have doubt about your righteousness, that's gonna push you over into the realm of doubting your healing. See, when you, when you're assured of righteousness, that's everything. So that's a package. You get a package of health, wealth, wholeness, soundness, mind, body, everything. All that comes to you through righteousness. Cause there's no law against it. You can't even make yourself think you, you deserve anything bad happen to you when you walk in righteousness. Huh? That's why the devil's always trying to get to pull us down and say we did something wrong. Well you did this wrong. You did it. <laughs> Who are you? Who are you, uncircumcised Philistine, Huh? to lay a charge against God's elect? That's us. Honey, we are the elect of God, and no demon can lay a charge against us. Amen? We are charge-proof, condemn-proof. People say crazy things like, well, you don't know I've done so much. Jesus undid it all. Huh? He undid it all. What you'd undone? Done? Huh? He could save Charles Manson. You don't know if he didn't. You understand what I'm saying? These things belong to God. That's God's doing to get people, uh, uh, you know, out of here saved. And so it's, it's nothing that you've done that, that can't be forgiven and erased from your record if you will let it go. You got me? Don't be so quick to pick up doubt on everything. Let that stuff go. Amen. Because Jesus took it already. What you're doing, you going to pull him, pull over so your, your guilt and sin, pull it away from you, tug of war between you and Christ. He said, let me have it. I took it already. You just want it back. Let that stuff go. And, and walk on. You know, walk on free of your your whatever it is. Amen? I don't care what you've done. He's forgiven you. He loves you. He loves us too much to send us to hell for anything we have done. He gave us healing and forgiveness. He demonstrated what that healing looked like when he said all power is given when he was uh, raised from the from the dead the ransom was paid at the cross we were set free at the cross amen the only thing we need to do is be confirmed in our freedom every day walking in the word walking in forgiveness toward ourselves and others walking humbly before god and we begin to walk in his power The disciples received the Holy Ghost one time for the remission of sins and then received another empowerment for witnessing. So there were two endowments of the Holy Spirit given to the other church, the early church. Now many denominations only stop with forgiveness of sins. You're born again, you say, whatever, whatever. But he says you need to wait and get power from on high. You got me? Now in, in the, in, but you can do a lot with the forgiveness of sins. You can win a lot of people to Christ. You can give your testimony. There are a lot of things. And so when we get baptized in the Holy Spirit, we carry both of those empowerments with us. Don't start praying in tongues and forget you need to forgive. You got me? Don't start getting involved in, you know, I got a ministry and I do this and cause people do amen you can see them they're full of pride and full of nonsense and but they pray in tongues and they i got the holy ghost yeah but do he got you that's the important that's the important question you can possess a lot of things but you got to make sure that you possessed of him amen all right we need to stop father in heaven we thank you for your word and thank you for understanding that comes with your holy word father we bless you we thank you we praise you we magnify you we extol you god because you are worthy to be praised and adored and we love you lord and we honor you in jesus name amen and praise god amen 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 so uh we're done for the day and we're going to